Welcome to episode 13 of Canadian Sober Ace. I'm your host and resident alcoholic, Dougie Fresh. Go grab a snack, juice, pop, or as I like to call it, the Champagne of Waters Perrier. We'll get the show on the road shortly. Sit back, hang tight. Morissette, a Canadian girl with the reasons I drink to start off this evening's podcast. Let myself alliterate again that I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. I do not have any say whatsoever. I am simply sharing my experience, strength, and hope with you all, and so are my guests. So now, on with the show. Oh, I'm all out of Perrier. Perrier, if you're listening, I need a sponsor. All right. Did you know that you are surrounded by storytellers every day and that their stories are shared on various platforms like television, radio, and newspaper? With that in mind, singers tell stories through their songs, just like Alanis did. Artists tell stories through their pictures. Actors tell stories through their movies. And comedians make up their routines with stories. And newsflash, when you tell a friend about something that happened to you, you're a storyteller too. Historians will tell you stories are powerful tools. They can teach morals. They can teach history. They can entertain us. They can make us think about things, ways that we've never thought of them before. They will make us laugh. I'm laughing right now because my dog's eating a Kong in the background and I can hear him smacking. (laughs) They will make us cry. Being a storyteller, telling stories is what helps connect people to one another. But question, have I asked myself many times over the past five and a half years, is why does our story matter? And is being a storyteller too big of a burden? I ponder these thoughts tonight after hearing an insightful quote 
Hearing other people tell their stories really helped me feel less alone. To dive a little deeper into this conversation, we're going to talk to a good friend of mine, Blair. How are you doing today, Blair? Good. Hi. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, can you tell the listening audience uh, today a little bit about yourself, your experience, strength, and hope? Yeah. So um, I am a wife and mom from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> and um, I do that every time. I just like can't get I can't get past that without doing that. Um, and I will have four years without alcohol in February. Um, so I'm getting close. Yeah, close enough to say that now. Um, and um, for me, hearing someone else's story really was like the big thing that started me on my my journey, I guess you could say, to uh, sobriety. Um, or throughout, I suppose. And I think it's such an important, um, such, such an important part of, of, uh, people's journeys because, um, telling our stories really makes everyone, uh, understand that they're not the only one out there dealing with what they think they might be alone in dealing with. Um, you know, our stories are not usually unique, even though we're, we're very unique and there's things unique about us, but, um, our stories usually aren't. There's somebody else out there who's dealt with the same thing. So for me, um, drinking started when I was in uh, high school, like late in high school, 16, 17, probably. And it was just like your typical high school uh, thing, just um, doing it because everybody else did um, here and there. It wasn't, um, I mean, there were times now that I can think about like, yeah, it was out of hand back then, but I I think a lot of high schoolers didn't really know how to drink, you know, like we didn't know what we were drinking, how much to do, you know, it was just like this new thing. So once I got to college is really where um, I still didn't really know how to drink, I guess, in college, but I sure uh, practiced, you know. Um, So lots of negative consequences throughout my drinking, Um, you know, falling, losing things, making really bad choices, uh, lots of blacking out waking up places uh, I didn't you know remember us getting to don't didn't remember us like where we went at the end of the night and things like that so just really scary things that I just thought was kind of normal Um, because a lot of the people that I was hanging out with were you know having these same things or losing their purses too or whatever so like it wasn't ever um, it wasn't ever like a there were no big wake-up calls like oh wow, this is a problem for you. Like you need to assess your alcohol um, and how it affects you. Like never was that a thing for me. Um, So I was just kind of like your typical party girl in college and just, um, you know, always the one who knew like where the party was or was having the party, um, the after bar, like, and it just, I never wanted it to end really until it was time to go to bed. I mean, there were days, you know, where we're staying up until, five, six o'clock in the morning drinking just for no reason. Like that was just kind of what we did. So, um, I kind of kept doing this throughout my twenties, but you know, I could, I could kind of keep it under control enough to like go to work, um, during the week. And, um, every once in a while, you know, there'd be like a Sunday fun day where I'd be super hungover on Monday or like, you know, I guess there's any reason, to drink on any day of the week we make you know wine wednesday thirsty thursday like i could think of any of those things like so if those came up you know i would do that and just be super hungover but um it really didn't change too much for me until i mean okay so back to back up before uh it got worse um i like i said i had a lot of like these negative consequences and a lot of 
consequences that maybe people would say, okay, this is like a rock bottom, or this is a um, moment where you should maybe just stop. Maybe alcohol isn't for you. Like I had a DUI when I was 25, um, two nights in jail with that. And that still was just like, oh, I know so-and-so just got one too. So like, haha, let's joke about how high I blew, you know, like, um, in the moment, a lot of those moments that I had that were like these rock bottom quote unquote things, um, were just things that like, I kind of dealt with in the moment. And then like the next day or the next couple of days, I just kind of pushed away, like it didn't happen and just like kind of forget that those things happen and, and go on about drinking, you know? Um, and like, Oh, I'll try to be, try to be better about it next time. But like, it, there's never an off switch, like throughout my drinking, never an off switch, um, could never have just one binge drinking every time. Um, of course, you know, there was a few times, okay, I could have wine with dinner, but I just, I still don't really see the point of that. <laughs> like, why are you not drinking all of the wine, you know, like to get the buzz and to keep it going? Like that's how my brain works. So, um, and it still works like that. I mean, I can't change it, you know? So, um, but yeah, so these night of consequences, then when I, um, I got pregnant, I had got married, got pregnant with my son, um, quit drinking during the pregnancy, no problem. Didn't have an issue with that. And then when I had him, I slowly got back into drinking again. And, um, you know, your body changes after you have a baby. And so, um, and of course I hadn't drink for 10 months or more. So I have kind of a lower tolerance, but yet I was still trying to drink the same amount, you know, cause that's just how I knew how to drink. Um, and I just couldn't really rein it in even then. So clearly now that I look back, I know like, that's just how I drink. Like, that's just how it is. Um, and I think I finally accepted that when I did decide to quit, um, that that's how it is. Um, cause I was never this person who like, oh, I'm going to try to moderate or I'm going to try to drink water between drinks. Like I just knew that I couldn't do that. So I never really tried. Um, I think towards the end too, I, um, I could tell that like, there was going to be an end. Like I, I could just feel it. Like there was a point where I needed to stop or I, I couldn't keep living the way that I was. Um, and then towards the end, even, I mean, it was, again, it was more of like weekend binge drinking. It wasn't like a daily drinking. Um, I was able to, you know, go to work and be functioning at work and, and, for the most part, didn't have like any issues in my marriage. Like, you know, I get drunk and say something stupid, like those fights and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything like he wasn't going to leave me or anything like that. Um, and, um, there was one night where like before, I don't know how soon or how close to before I quit, but, um, where I had gone out with friends and came home, went to bed and, uh, my mom called my husband and woke him up and so there's somebody on the phone calling her saying that they have Blair's uh, purse and phone and that they're going to bring it to the police station if you don't go get it so like here's my husband middle of the night like you know three four o'clock in the morning whatever having to get my son out of the crib in the middle of the night he's probably a year old or something like that maybe maybe less I'm not sure when that was but um he had to take him downtown with him to go get my purse because he couldn't trust that I would get up if he needed something in the middle of the night, you know, so he couldn't leave my son with me in the middle of the night. So that was a pretty shameful moment. And, and again, with that moment, I had to kind of just ignore that it happened. Like I kind of just like forgot about it. Like, you know, I didn't 
actually forget, obviously, but like, I just kind of pretended that it didn't happen. I think that's how I like get, got through a lot of those times. Um, so when my son was 18 months old was when I decided to quit. And I, um, I just, another hangover, uh, I would have these hangovers where it's like two days, physical hangover, two days after that, it would be like emotional hangovers. And like, why am I drinking like this? Why can't I, you know, drink, um, like everybody else or, um, uh, things like that. So, um, it was just another one of those weekends, um, where it was just a normal, um, my, my normal drinking, you know? Um, and I just read a blog online of someone else's story. Right. And that's what made me decide that like, I can't do this anymore. And I had reached out to the person that I wrote, read her blog. Um, and she said, you don't have to, you don't have to do this anymore. Um, she told me a little bit more about her story. I listened to her on a podcast. Um, and then kept reading people's stories, kept hearing people's stories on podcasts. Um, and so, that's just really helped me. And since then I haven't drank. So. Nice. That's uh, yeah. th- thanks for that. That's a, uh, I, I learned a little bit more about Blair today. Um, and that's, uh, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, so, uh, you know, um, did you want to talk a little bit more about your quote or, or are you done with your quote? I just think like that is such a huge, I guess I do want to talk about more about it. That's such a huge um, thing. Like, and you know, that's why you're doing this too. You're telling people stories um, that help me so much. And like, that's why I keep telling my story, whether it be in writing or like on inter, you know, podcasts like this. Um, like I almost will never say no if someone asks me to write something or um, cause you just never know. There's gonna be like one person. If there's one person that listens to this and they decided like they don't want to drink anymore. Like that changes their entire life, you know? So it is really big if you think about it that way. So I think it's so important to just tell our stories if you want. No, you don't have to, but for me, I'm pretty open. So I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell you one. I'll just shout about it if you want me to. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's good. Um, yeah. listen, I, uh, I, I follow you on Instagram. I think you're, yeah. you're doing amazing things. Uh, you know, I, I you. find a lot of your videos you do, um, uh, entertaining and informative and, uh, you know, sometimes you give me a chuckle, um, you know, so I want to <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, but I want to yeah. sincerely thank you for coming on, uh, Canadian Sober A, uh, podcast and sharing yeah. your experience, strength and hope with the listening audience. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right. Well, uh, you have a great rest of your day and, uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Thanks Blair. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was, uh, that was a good share. Thanks Blair, um, for doing that. I appreciate that. Um, so sometimes I feel like I'm wearing a mask and I know what you're thinking. No, not the mask that Jim Carrey wore in the movie, the mask, because that made him really cool. Sometimes I feel like I'm wearing a mask. The outside is decorated with what I want the world to know about me and what the world will see when they look at me. But the inside, well, that's a different story. The inside houses the things that many people don't know about me or the things I choose to hide from others. Here's where you'll find the stories that showcase the saddest, scariest, and toughest times of my life. For a long time, I thought no one would want to hear the stories that I hide in here. They weren't colorful and vibrant. They didn't have a narrator like Morgan Freeman, who spoke with command and held the audience's attention. 
I wish I had that. They didn't <laughs> they didn't have wizards and magic or imaginary worlds of wonder. They weren't gritty. They weren't real. They were real. But when I entered the rooms of AA and realized that telling my story was an integral part of the program, I have to admit I didn't know if I could handle that. Why would anyone hear anybody want to hear my story? Who would want to listen? Wouldn't it turn people off? But soon I realized that it's these stories that connect us as human beings. It's these stories that help other suffering alcoholics in the darkest times of their lives. Our ridiculous over-the-top stories of how we arrived in the rooms of sobriety are helping others feel less alone in their sobriety journey. And yes, that seems like a great weight to carry. A burden, some would say. But wasn't the real burden carrying it around for as long as we did and not sharing anything about it? At the end of the day, everyone has a story. And these stories are special. They connect us to one another. They unite us. Stories make us see things from a new perspective. They give us reasons we needed to believe in ourselves again. At the end of the day, remember this. You need to tell your story. You will help others by helping yourself doing so. And if only one person, only one person out of 7 billion people on the planet benefits from hearing your story, then it was meant to be. Once again, I'd like to thank Blair for coming on Canadian Sober A Season 2 podcast and sharing her experience, strength, and hope. That was a fantastic story, Blair. And again, I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Wherever you are, put a smile on your face. Better yet, put a smile on somebody else's face. And Perrier, I'm still waiting. Have a great one, everybody. Take care. See you all next week. We'll have another great guest on. Bye-bye. These are the reasons I drink. The reasons I tell everybody I'm fine, even though I am not. These are the reasons I overdo it. I have been working since I can remember, since I was single digits.